0: What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your favorite soccer coaching podcast. Brought to you every single week by some great friends of ours, like the homies over at Dutig Brand. Check them out, DutigBrand.com, where you get all your coaching accessory needs. I, this past weekend, Nick, I got to use the neck warmer. And oh my gosh, was it incredible. I was so happy I had it. I knew I needed it uh, because it was going to be cold. And I brought it with me. And I was so happy that I did. I had a matching Dutig hat on. Because uh, their beanies are super super sick, so that you don't get super super sick. You see the segue there? Wear the wear the protection uh, of the face mask so that you know you can't get a cold. Uh, you wear the hat so you can't get a cold. That's just what they do. And if you want a dope beanie or the awesome neck sweater, like myself, you can go on there and also use the promo code Soccer at checkout and get yourself a sweet discount on all your coaching accessory needs over at Dutik Brand. Dot com. The star of my season so far, my Torx T-O-R-R-X.com. Go get yourself the world's greatest ball pump over at Torx.com. You can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time just by joining the hashtag Soccer Chat, where you can submit your questions each week and get it answered by many coaches of all levels from all around the world. Uh, every single Wednesday night and Nick and myself get on there and chat with our friends and it's great times always uh, and you get to learn things from a new perspective and get some new ideas for your upcoming year. He's Nick, I'm Sean. man, we divulged into a lot of stuff last week. It's been crazy for us. Hectic, I think was the word we actually confirmed uh, to use um, and uh, you know you're getting kind of going with your job. where our seasons just wrapped up. And now this whole COVID thing is picking back up again. You're off campus now. You're getting new uh, restrictions put on you. Our school is talking about getting restrictions. Are, what, I, <laughs> I feel like uh, like almost a year ago, we were having this conversation. We were like, what is this going to be like? What are we going to do? And now we're saying the exact same thing
1: all over again. And no, to be honest, I mean, like, yeah, when we hit all this thing back in April, when it, like, April March when it finally started to hit and we were all going on lockdown the first time we're like oh this like this is gonna be fine like we'll be out of this in a few months and we're at the end of the year right now and it's getting worse and so yeah no it's been it's definitely been a crazy few months for both of us uh, last few weeks for me I mean I got here on October twenty sixth was I think my first day and then like I was here for nine days and then visits got shut down and and it's it's just kind of been crazy to be honest it's just trying to navigate how to recruit and work with the team that you can't meet in person and uh thank god the team's amazing they're a ton of fun and we we did some team bonding tonight as well we did uh team jeopardy tonight to uh celebrate the late great alex trebek and oh that's solid and uh yeah no but it's been crazy to be honest like just like I I don't feel that the nice thing is like everyone kind of saw over these last week, few weeks, it looks like a vaccine is coming from a few different sources with a decent success rate. So there might be a light at the end of the tunnel for all of us.
0: That's for sure. It's, it's crazy. Uh, anybody following the college game saw today, the dead period uh, and probably the world's, least biggest shock. Uh, the dead period got extended again. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I was talking with some folks last week who projected that this, uh, uh, recruiting dead pair is going to get synced to April. A lot of coaches made the comment to me last week of it's going to get pushed to April and it's going to get pushed to June again. Like they're just going to keep pushing back as it gets closer and closer. Um, and so it's just such a crazy time. I know, uh, I think you said, you know, your, your travel is getting restricted, um on on where you can go we've kind of got a little bit of a restriction uh, on our travel uh we've got friends who uh if they can't get there by car can't go is basically you know they can't get on a plane um you know and you made the comment uh you know when you guys were getting sent home of uh you know how, how are we supposed to recruit you know how how am i supposed to to sell this program to people and uh you know we kind of had some chat kind of talked back and forth about you know using that that virtual style um, that we had to go through uh, back in March, kind of almost bring that back um, for these, these next few weeks or months, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, no, it's tough because, again, I, just, I really feel for these seniors, to be honest, because so many of them are having to make decisions with the least amount of information a senior has had to deal with in a long time. You know, yeah. like, I mean, like, that's, that's the issue is, I mean, the the, uh, the transfer portal is crazy every year anyway. And I often feel it's a lot on the fact that they're not getting enough information before they're making decisions. And this has been the least amount that any senior has ever been to get in, been able to get information about a team or a school or a program. Yeah.
0: I, you know, and i'm I'm definitely not getting political, but I think when it comes to kids and sports in general, I think that we have failed miserably. Um, our athletic director and myself were talking the other day about you know the original push the-, the original narrative push of getting games in this fall was to make sure that that experience for the players was good, and looking through the things that we had to go through as a program just for those games to happen, that experience probably wasn't all that we thought it was going to be. And so I just, I feel awful, Um, you know, not just for, for my own players, um, but I, you know, just kids in general right now who are, you know, up in the air of what they're going to do and and still trying to figure out. I I mean, have you had, um, you know, any, any kids you've talked to that, are still kind of like on a fence because they just don't know what this is going to look like, uh, by the time is that they've got to, they've got to make that decision
1: to be honest, not yet, because I truly think most kids, like the thing I keep saying is you can't disappoint these kids anymore. They, at the end of the day, most every senior that's gone through this year, they, they've gone through a lot, you know, and, and it's almost hard to disappoint them anymore. And so I, I truly feel that most of the kids we're talking to are just kind of working off the assumption that, like, yeah it's going to happen or it's not. But either way, we're gonna, I'm going to make a decision based off of what could hopefully happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this has nothing – well, I mean, it kind of ties into soccer a little bit. Um, as we're recording this, uh, I'm watching the NBA draft. Trey Jones finally just got drafted. Uh, <laughs> so I got I to shout out the homie Trey Jones. But I saw today, I want to say it was Bleacher Report did a thing on if all of soccer had a draft, what like it would look like. And they, it was cartoons. So it wasn't like, they actually like Photoshopped a player on the draft day hat, whatever, but they did uh cartoons of Cristiano, Leo Messi, um, Neymar. And I forget the fourth person, um, on, you know what they would look like on draft night in a suit and tie with the, the draft day hat. And it was their, their original teams. So it was like, um, uh Ronaldo had the sporting Lisbon hat um and then uh Neymar uh, had his from brazil and it was just so cool and I was like, man, like I know that people mock the the m l s because of their draft um you know a lot of the 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 European and international soccer uh people um what do you, i mean like do you think that would be something that would be cool uh, <laughs> on an international level is you know draft day like you can draft your own academy kids or you know you draft like uh you know maybe it's almost like an expansion draft where teams okay hey these five people we're gonna say you know if you want to take them you can take them um and you know you get to have the the cool uh uh the hat selection and stuff like that
1: i mean honestly yeah i mean i mean it would be cool it'll never there's no i don't feel yeah it's not gonna happen yeah there's no realistic way to make it happen i mean but like how many of us with our buddies have been like all right let's draft in all time team. All right. There's four of us and we can do like, yeah, it'd be a ton of fun. I, I, mean, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I guess the main question is right now in the world, like you're, you're drafting for the future. Who's your pick? Your number one pick right now.
0: Um, hmm. I'm going to say. Kevin DeBurnia.
1: That's a good one. Pretty young. Like, a lot to build around. Yeah,
0: although I don't know. After watching the U.S. men's national team, I kind of just want all those kids.
1: Gio Reyna.
0: Oh my gosh, Sergino Dest. West Weston McKinney. I really like Weston McKinney. He, you know what? If I can't get De Bruyne, like it, let's, let's say you get the first pick and you get De Bruyne first, I probably would go Weston McKinney. That kid's good.
1: I I would probably go like Hollander, Lewandowski. I I, just, I always feel like you got to go goals first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, like it's, um, that is a very interesting, very interesting, uh, thought, you know, if you get, you get one player from anywhere in the world that you can build your, your team around in this draft style, you know, I think, um, uh, I feel like a lot of people just pick messy. See,
1: I wouldn't, but you've got, part, but like... you
0: got to think, you know, like you said, long-term, like maybe you got to go with youth cause you got to build around this.
1: Yeah, I think I think four years ago, I definitely go messy. Like nowadays, it's just like he's got three more years to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I know it's crazy, and you know you got to think about what you're going to try to build around. And the New Orleans Pelicans just picked somebody who the only um, uh, statistic that they are showing about them is that they're a rim protector. And if you know anything about the Pelicans, they already have four rim protectors on the team that they drafted all of them last year. Uh, so you have to think about stuff like that. Like, are you bringing on somebody who's, you already have one of those, (laughs) the Knicks drafted another forward. They've got like nine out of the 12 players in our roster, all forwards. Um, you know, I, I probably would be, if we were drafting soccer teams, I probably would be at fault for drafting too many midfielders.
1: I think that's fair. We all draft what we like. Like I'm a center mid. Like when I go watch people at sporting events, like I, uh, that's, all I end up watching is the the center mids. Yeah.
0: I, you know, that makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I would definitely go center midfielder to, uh, to, or yeah, got to have the playmaker, got to have playmaker. So I would definitely take KDB. Well, man, we got a really cool interview this week. Um, You know, when this pandemic started and (laughs) hell knows if it's ever going to end. But when this pandemic started, uh, I had started these Skype's, Uh, with coaches from around the country, because I was at home by myself. And uh, I knew that there were other coaches very similar to my situation of, you know, whether they were by themselves at home, or the person who was in their house didn't want to talk about soccer, they had nobody to bounce ideas off of. Um, I just put out there like, hey, like, I'll talk with you. Uh, And uh, a majority of the um, coaches who I got to chat with and got to, to get to know, I didn't know them before we did the the call. I had never tweeted with him. They'd never been on soccer chat. Uh, so it was really cool. And one of the uh, awesome friendships that I made uh, from the Skype call is our guest this week, who has uh, such an affectious but yet adorable laugh. And I love talking with this guy, because in a span of five minutes, I can probably make him laugh like 10 times. And you know, Nick makes a comment uh, when we got off the the, the air with him. Uh, if you need people like this in your life. You know, somebody you can talk to that's always going to put a smile on your face. Uh, they're always going to put a smile on yours. They're going to laugh at you because uh, you never know how that's going to affect you. And, and you may need that from time to time. So we got a really awesome interview this week uh, and someone who is going to make you look up their program because you're, this is be, this is probably one of the best teams that you've never heard of. Uh, we got an awesome interview with our good buddy, Big Damo, coming up. DJ hey. yeah. Yeah. We All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there, and they say, yeah. Never been defeated and I won't stop now. Nick,
2: I, I've never quite met you met you. It, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> it's nice to meet you too, Damon.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to get this this interview started. We'll go with that. That's a What's great up? opening. <laughs> Nick, Damon, Damon, Nick.
1: We're both in hoodies. We're both in hoodies. This is yep. it, it's already a good thing going. Yep.
0: Although Nick will tell you that gray hoodies are unlucky.
1: But he's got half green, so it's okay. Like all my unlucky gray hoodies are actually just all gray. And those are unlucky. Okay. Can't go all gray.
2: Okay, wow. just
1: ref- I mean, you've been coaching for significantly longer than me, and have had more <laughs> success than I've had. But I'm telling you, gray hoodies are the the it's not the way to go. Okay,
0: <laughs> Dave is just like, don't talk to me about my wardrobe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is all I ever wear. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what Nick's wearing is all he ever wears, except for this new job where he doesn't have a red hoodie yet.
1: Correct. Funny. Where where are you at now, Nick? So up in St. Mary's in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Yeah. So still still Division III. Um, Also, I – like you – so it's funny. We interviewed a coach who also coaches at a Delta College before you, and I looked at your school when I was trying to find information about her, and I was like, that's not her. And so (laughs) I found you before I actually found her. So I found the Delta Juco in Michigan before I found the Delta Juco in California. So gotcha. you were the first Delta, Delta College that I knew of. Okay, gotcha.
0: <laughs> so, so funny story how you did that, Nick. My first experience of getting to meet Damon and get to know him over the last few years, little the fact that I lived like 10 minutes away from him when I lived in Michigan, didn't even like never got to, to speak with him. Uh, but when this whole pandemic thing started, uh, when I started doing the coaches calls, Damon was one of the first people that reached out that wanted to do a, a Skype call with me. And we were just chit-chatting, and I remember like in the, the email or the, the DM he had sent me, it said, you know, Delta College. And even though I knew that of the Delta College in Michigan, because a friend of mine that I actually played on my men's league team with uh, is an assistant basketball coach there, I never put two and together. So when he told me he was at Delta, I was thinking of the one that Adrian's at in San Joaquin. And I always forget with, with Adrian schools that it's actually San Joaquin Delta College, I believe is actually the the, the full name of it. And because I think the first time she told me she was at Delta, I thought of the Michigan one. And she's like, No, I live in California. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and so when Damon and I actually got to have our conversation and he's like, Oh, you know, I'm from a city that you know you'd never even heard of, and I was like, What's that? He's like, Bay City, Michigan. I was like, A, birthplace of the Steiner brothers, <laughs> B, I live 10 minutes from there, and C, great Fourth of July celebration. <laughs> horrible attempt to try to leave it. Cause you will not leave downtown Bay city after the fireworks. You won't get out of like a block away from where you parked for two and a half hours.
2: That's funny. Uh, you'll be happy to know I have the niece of the Steiner brothers on my team this year.
0: What is she graduating?
2: <laughs> no, she's a, she's a freshman. So
0: what, what, what's her, what's her plans whenever she graduates from here?
2: <laughs> I don't know, but my, I asked her the other day, I'm like, you know, this is a really crazy question. I know they're from there, but there's no way. And then she's like, yeah, they're my uncles. And I'm like, oh what? man, <laughs>
0: somebody is soaring to the top of uh, <laughs> my recruiting board. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get that information after we're done. <laughs> you no,
1: know, honestly, like it was really difficult. Like, cause I, I like to do my research and it was really difficult. Cause I was like looking at, cause Sean had said, when we were looking at Adrian as well, they're like, oh yeah, your team's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And so I started looking at your team and your team is simultaneously awesome, just in a different area. And so trying to navigate which awesome Delta college team we were talking to was very, very (laughs) difficult.
2: Well,
0: thanks. (laughs) We should figure out a way to get the Delta against Delta matchup.
2: The battle. I've actually reached out to her before all this COVID to see if we could make a trip out there to possibly play her and another team just because, um, California's never in our national championship. And there's yeah. always this, this like they think they're better. And the people from NJC think. I mean, I'm not part of that, but you know, Hey, they, yeah. that's what we hear. So
0: <laughs> I'm in I, this new, right? Like we already know if anybody who follows along with uh, our college uh, coaches chats is we have this massive rivalry and beef that we've built up between Damon and Robert Williams from Brookhaven, <laughs> because it seems like they play in the finals every single year. Um and now I'm happy to know that we can start new beef uh with Adrian at Delta College for this battle of the Delta.
2: No, not at all. Because it's because it's
0: entertaining. And if these games were to ever happen, I think we would probably be the only people excited about it. (laughs)
2: That's funny. Yeah.
0: So Damon, uh, you know, thing about soccer chat is to kind of understand, you know, who you are, the coach now, we kind of gotta know how you got to this point. Uh, so just kind of give everybody a, a, a bit of your uh, your soccer background and how you got to Delta.
2: Um, well, I, I started many moons ago. Um, my first true coaching job was an assistant job at Saginaw Valley State University. Um, I actually coached a JV soccer team, <laughs> a girls soccer team before that. But, I mean, that was nothing really big. Um, but uh, I started there. I was there for seven years. Um, I kind of took over as an interim coach head coach and then they brought somebody else in so then I took some time off and coached in the high school club ranks for a little bit um, coached at a couple well Bay City Western in, in Michigan and then another school in Saginaw and uh, then we uh, coach club you know for a little bit and then this Delta thing came up um, about 10 years ago and been there ever since absolutely love it
0: What's been, uh, you know, for, for your school, what was kind of the moment where you realized, because I don't know the history of Delta College. Um, you know, I learned of it in my time in Midland and now getting to know you even more, like I've grown to really know the success that you guys have had just in the, the recent years. When was kind of that first year where you maybe have said to yourself while you're at Delta, like, hey, I think we're on to something.
2: Um, I mean, we've, we've had successful teams for, for a while. We were a division one junior college for a while. Um, but we only had like four scholarships, so all the schools we were going against at the time—I mean, we we won the region a couple times, uh, and the teams we were going against we should have never been with. And when you go to the national tournament in, in JUCO Division One, it's usually rosters that are filled with international students, or just like they have a lot more advantages. And when we found the the option to go to Division Three a few years ago. Um, we, uh, we thought we could be pretty successful because we didn't have a lot of scholarship. Delta's super inexpensive. Um, it, it only costs 3000 a year to go to. So, <laughs> and so, um, it, it, that helps out quite a bit. Um, but, uh, what, what we did too, is we decided at one point in time that, you know, we're not going to take the prima donna player anymore. Um, we want really talented players, but we want even better people. And, you know, if I went to a game and they could be an all state player, but they're screaming at their teammates or their coach or the refs, I would just get up and leave. And ever since then, um, life has been grand. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I I mean, I'd say so with your, your multiple appearances in the national championship. (laughs) Um, you know, you're going to have to recollect my memory. You guys have won it, haven't you? No, I why did I, I swore like I swore when I got in Midland, I felt you guys won it that year.
2: No, um, we've placed in the last three years. We placed third and then lost in the national championship two years in a row. Well, Our you know what
0: that one. you know what that means for the next time you guys play in the national tournament.
2: <laughs> Hopefully,
0: it <laughs> means you're you're winning it, and I hope that it's Hopefully. against Brookhaven. I want, yeah. I want, I, cause I want our, I want that, that beef just to go crazier to where you can finally look at Robert back. Like, yeah. But check out the most recent one, my guy looking right I want
2: here. Any paper writings on the wall. <laughs> so they, have anything, they don't need any more to get mad at us. <laughs> They're good well, you, you, you talked
0: about the change in your recruiting strategy, uh, which has kind of led to, um, you, you know, having this idea and you, you mentioned about noticing, you know, the, the, the type of players you're going after. And I think that's something that kids don't really hear enough is that there's more than just kicking a ball that makes a coach want to go after you and and you hit the nail on the head. You can be the best player on the field, but if there are the things outside of kicking a ball that turn you away from them, it's not going to happen. And obviously from the success that your team has had, it's worked. So, you know, kind of if there's a club coach who's listening to this and they've got that player that may be like that, where they are the best player in the field, but personality wise, it doesn't match. Like, you know, what are things that that you think as a coach that they could do for those players to help them?
2: Um, You know, I I guess sometimes coaches don't want to tell them all the truth. (laughs) You know, um, I see that. Uh, Hopefully, um, you know, they – help them understand that it's, it's more than just um, how great you are. You have to be an amazing teammate as well. And when you get to college, there's lots of really good players. It's just a matter of, um, you know, mentally who's going to be the best prepared, who's going to be the best teammate. That's that's where you're going to like when we get to the national tournament, I think that's a huge reason what makes us different than a lot of teams is when your backs against the wall, your true colors come out. And do you start yelling at your teammates? Do you, cause everything's honky dory until you start losing. And um, if you can stay away from that, then um, like someone being like, that, that is that, I don't know. I, I always call him an energy vampire. Um, so, I like that. So I, 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 we just don't allow it. And if you're not that kind of person, you're just not going to last with us very long. You know, if you're, if you're not a good person, you're just not going to last very long. Um, With- our cultures just, just doesn't allow it, you know, yeah. we have really nice kids.
0: And, you know, did you notice, I mean, was that something that when you got there, you know, did you tell yourself, okay, like, hey, like we've got to change this culture or was it just something that over time you were like, let's go this different route and see where it takes us?
2: Um, I mean, like I said, we were, we were pretty successful, but like we had a year or two where we were like just above 500 and you could just. God, I'd love to be five hundred. Just, but, but that sounds have,
0: that sounds so awesome.
2: Um, you could just tell, just people weren't having fun. I wasn't having fun. The kids weren't having fun. The and and you could just tell that people weren't right there for the right reasons. And the, after that year, I was like, I'm never going through this again this is not going to happen. We're going to change everything about it. We're going to start And what we started to do as well uh, is we started having a ton of leadership meetings. We used, we started um, doing tons of characteristic building and why people lead from the front, lead from the back, why they do or don't get along with players on the team so we can teach them how to interact with them they're not just doing this to make me mad it's just how we're wired and so we have to learn how to adapt and how we talk with people and stuff like that so we spent a lot of time really trying to teach the kids how to interact and communicate
0: <laughs> yeah and i and i know the next guy much question i'm gonna get my my last one out of the way whenever we did <laughs> our um our black lives matter episode you had reached out to me uh and kind of talked about your upbringing and you know what that episode meant to you and if you don't i mean you don't have to share like our whole conversation but i wish you would I, you know i just kind of want you to kind of go into you know how that you know how that hit home with you um because it just it seemed like it, it had a i want to say big impact because you were already a person supporting um the cause but you know how it had and people are listening to this right now damon is your uh typical caucasian like straight up white dude who happens to be named Damon. Um, But when you get to know his background and his history, it completely changes your, your thought process. So if you just kind of, you know, kind of go into that same conversation that you and I had uh, a couple months ago.
2: Gosh, that was a long time ago. My brain's not that big. Um, I can barely remember last week, but I do remember
0: (laughs) that we had that phone call.
2: Um, So I, you know, I grew up, um, my, my family was split at an early age and, Um, my mom remarried and, uh, a black man and I, and I got, uh, I have two brothers. I have a brother and a sister that are are mixed. They're black. Um, and we grew up in a time that it just was not acceptable, um, to have a, a mixed family. And so, uh, we, we would have to stand up a lot for ourselves for, um, uh, because it was just um, not accepted, and uh, I can remember tons of times having to to fend people off when I would visit my mom, and we, uh, my brother and I, or my sister and I, would be out just playing, having fun, and the things people would say and and or do, and um, that as a kid, you're just like, why are they acting like this? What is you know, um, this is not right, and um, my brother actually. He lives in Minnesota now, and uh, which is kind of funny that uh, Nick, you're up there. But he was in those, the I hate to say the the protests. He wasn't part of the riots, but he was up there, and he was like documenting a lot of it. And I was just like, I constantly was calling him or texting him just to make sure he was okay because um, I do fear for him. I, I fear for both of them. Both of them have uh, done well for themselves, but you know, it's just a matter of they they live in a different um they have to live a different life um because because of the color of their skin and that's not fair so
0: i have all these visions in my mind of him like telling people yeah my brother's n- name is damon and they probably <laughs> instantly assume that you were like a six foot six <laughs> black dude who can just ball out of control and then whenever you show up to come hang with him they're like Oh, no! I thought you said your brother's name was Damon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like they invited him to basketball. Is, yeah, like, they no, invited no, him to basketball, <laughs>
0: and Damon's like, "Hey guys, I'm here," and they're like, "No, no, no, no. That's white Damon. Where's where's your brother Damon at?" <laughs> oh
1: my god! This is the dude we called. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but I I just I I really appreciate it whenever you had reached out after we done that episode, and and I think all of us, I, I think anybody who who You know, I hate saying this. Anybody who looks at you would never assume that when you tell people you have brothers and sisters, that you have black brothers and sisters. Um, and like actually mean it compared to, you know, anybody can say, oh, that's, you know, these are my brothers and sisters. You actually have brothers and sisters, um, who are of African American descent. So I just thought it was so cool that, um, especially knowing, you know, the Michigan area and and knowing, uh, you know, what it was like in in those time periods where you mentioned where that was kind of looked down upon. Uh, you know, I can only imagine what it was like for you as a family and you kind of shared some of that with me and, uh, you know, just publicly, I know when we were on that phone call, I wanted to, 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 thank you for reaching out, but you know, here now in front of all the people in front of, as people are listening to this, um, you know, we, I want to thank you on behalf of myself and my family, uh, you know, for the kind of words that you had
2: for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Right. Um, I will tell you my, my cousins and I, which were our, um, African-American, um, we, we did play in a Gus Macker tournament one year and, uh, that's yes. Tournament, and, uh, our, our name was the Afro puffs. I was the only white guy on the team, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> the Afro puffs walk onto court. Also, you see Damon in the background. They're like, um, He's the puff, right? <laughs>
1: Who brought the manager? <laughs> <laughs> is that the team yeah. manager?
0: <laughs> so so th- this is a crazy story. This is what we do in the, the soccer chat where we go out of the rails on this one. So Gus Macker was ma- – obviously, I mean, you got it- – Nick, did you ever play in one? I, I feel have like no you idea what in. you
1: guys are talking about it's a,
0: So <laughs> it's So it's – I think it's summertime or like in the spring. Yeah. It's a yeah. 3v3 basketball tournament that like travels around the country. And, like, they go to all these various cities, and you get a couple players, and you go play in these three-on-three tournaments. Um, And it was, like, the thing to do when I was in school. Like, everybody played in it. Because if you got a Gus Macker t-shirt, like, that was the thing. Like, you know, to say you played in a tournament – I never played in a Gus Macker, but my friends would bring me t-shirts and <laughs> I would be able to fit in because nobody was going to pick the dude who was not even five foot uh, <laughs> to come play in the 3v3 tournament. Uh, but they, they hooked me up with, uh, with, with, with some Gus Macker t-shirts over the years. So I always felt like I was in on it. I have seen one. like I've actually like been to a spot where they were putting the tournament on, but I was way past the age limit um and and was just like man like I kind of want to go get a t-shirt just for old time's sakes but and this is the this is the part of the show where we segue back to Nick who has the, the actual soccer I mean again question. this is
1: where I cannot relate I am shockingly Caucasian um, I grew up in a very white area so I most of my culture has come from soccer which has been awesome um <laughs> But no, to, yeah, to, I don't even know how you transition this. We're going to try. Um, we're we're going to try it. But one of the things that I was curious about, like I looked at your degrees and your edu- and what your background is, and a lot of it's in education. And where, like, so did you originally want to be a teacher or what was kind of your, your end goal with that?
2: So, so I am a teacher still. Okay. So I'm a part-time coach, <laughs> uh, full-time job description as a coach, uh, but part-time. Um, but I... I've been teaching for gosh, twenty-one years now.
1: Um, I, I, I saw you were. It was you were a junior high principal of the year or something. You you, you won director. some award. Big yeah. facts. Yeah, athletic director of the year. Athletic the,
2: director of the year. Of that school. was both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I taught in the inner city for I think nine years. Taught science and biology, and then and I over, where would that have been? Uh, Saginaw. Saginaw. Okay. Well, so Saginaw High. we Lamar Woodley. Uh, yeah. Well, Draymond Green. Who yeah. played for That they went. They were students when I was there. So um, it kind of dates me. But anyway. Um, so uh, and then I transitioned over to I wanted to get an athletics at the time. I thought I wanted to be a principal because I didn't think I was going to be coaching. Big time or college soccer or anything anymore, and I need to make money. So, um, <laughs> so um,
0: I'm still trying to figure
2: out how to make money. <laughs> my my wife's like, you need a real job. Um, so, hey,
0: my wife says the same thing.
2: <laughs> so, um, but then I transitioned over. That did athletic director and still coached and stuff like that. And then I think it was a year or two before I left. I I did receive that the middle school uh, Michigan Athletic Director of the Year, and then. Um, but yeah, now I teach elementary phys ed, which I absolutely love. So it's it's kind of fun. Um, I've got a few more years before I retire. And then um, my wife says that I can go and do any coaching job I want to do. So because I have retirement. So
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. Like, when you were going through that, and like, deciding that you wanted to coach college soccer, like, what moment did that happen at? Like, what moment? Like, from the teaching to the coaching, like happened?
2: Um, I mean, when I started coaching at SVSU, I I knew that that was something I wanted to do. Um, even back then, they didn't. Um, it you know it was kind of new, I guess, in the early nineteen or in the middle nineteen nineties. So, um, so it was a new program at SVSU. They didn't have a lot of money for it and stuff. So it was kind of good and bad because this kid got a chance to go in and, and learn to coach soccer. And then, um, but I mean, I've always wanted to coach at a higher level, but you know, they, my friends always say you're always waiting for your next job. So, <laughs> you know, so you never know when it's going to end. So uh, i with children just wanted to have some stability. And I knew at some point I'd, I'd get back coaching college again. Cause I do absolutely love working with the college age
1: kid. So what is that transition like? Because I've, I've done a few times where I'll like go and coach uh, like younger soccer team and like kind of the level you're dealing with elementary school kids and then having to transition your brain and how you talk and everything to the college age females. How is that like, how is that for you? Like, I mean, you have so much more experience than me and Sean, like as most do. But how is that transition for you going back and forth with that? Um, I probably have the brain
2: of an elementary kid, so that's about where it stays all day. But um, but when I get with the older kids, it's it's just refreshing to have good conversation and be able to have a good conversation with the kids. Um, I'm still goofy with them. Um, I think they appreciate that, and um, I don't know. It's, um, it is fun, I, <laughs> you know, uh, and what we do is we have the girls come in and help the kids as well, my elementary kids, so that's a lot of fun, too. They get some community service out of it, so... It's kind of nice. That's awesome.
1: Have you, like, have you found it as you've gotten more distant from the college age like, kid, more difficult to relate or recruit or things like that? Or has it been something that you feel like you've done a decent job adapting to as the times have gone? I think, I think I've gotten
2: better as times have gone. It, what really gave me a hard time was when texting came in. And (laughs) I'm like, why does anybody want to talk to me (laughs) texting? What is this stuff? You know,
0: they want to talk to you. Just not hear anybody's voice. (laughs) Texting is the greatest thing that ever happened to me as someone who has a phone phobia of the fear of talking to what the other person on the other side of the line is doing texting was a, was groundbreaking for Sean. We're going
1: to unpack that later because you are (laughs) so chatty on the phone. (laughs) Oh, and when I,
0: and when I give you the full like detail of it, you're going to think that I am a nutcase.
1: Again, we're going to, that's something we're going to have, have to unpack later because you, if you have a phone phobia, I want to know what, like, <laughs> oh. I, I have follow-up questions. We're going to get back to Damon here for a second. That's something we'll, we'll talk about later.
2: Um, you know, um, I, now I do a lot of zoom calls, um, um, because I, I, I like seeing the kid on the other side and being able to let them see my facial expressions. I like seeing their facial expressions to see if they truly are interested um, <laughs> or if I'm just wasting my time. Um, but I, I think that's helped quite a bit. Um, I have a sense of humor, I think. So I think that helps relax players a lot. So they've do- got a
0: great laugh, too. <laughs>
2: All right, so
0: yeah. <laughs> and Damon makes me feel like I'm funny because I'll say things I know it's not funny. I'm just saying them, and he will still laugh at me. So like, if you ever need, need if people. you ever need somebody that like will still give you a good laugh, Damon's the guy to call. You yeah. need those
1: people in your life for sure. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, uh, it's kind of wild because I just said the other day, um, I need to go back and train the little kids again so I can get out and do some of the skills again with the kids because I get rusty if I'm just working with the college age kids. Cause I just kind of show them really fast and let them do their thing. And then I'm like, pull a hamstring, just trying to, you know, trying to do the next thing
1: that we're doing. So I'm like, I must be getting old. So. No, that's awesome. Like I, how, like now when you're going about like, cause again, you've coached for longer than me and Sean have, what
0: you what keep is- going back to this age thing with him, man.
1: <laughs> no, 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 experience. Experience, <laughs> not age. Because balls were made of rock when you started. <laughs> <laughs> but like what what do you feel has been the biggest transition from when like you started to when like how it is right now?
2: Oh man. Um like just at the junior college or just Coaching in general, in the
1: in the kids that you're getting to come play for you year after year. Okay. Um. Well, first, you know, the
2: success helps a ton. Um, <laughs> it helps a ton. Uh, I I used to beg for kids to come to like we get a lot of kids from the area. Then I started recruiting up north a little bit in Michigan, and I struggled to get some Detroit players even though there's a ton down there but the the way they looked at a junior college was like they looked down at it um but now I think people are starting to see the benefit of like holy cow I'm getting this scholarship offer but it doesn't even come close to how much you guys cost and I can go here for two years and then get more money when I come out um or you know that it's just uh the kids also now that are they're seeing are better are coming in um and they're seeing their friends come here and they're going, Hey, this might not be a bad place to go. And so now we're getting kids more out of the Detroit area. So that's starting to open up and kids. I used to have to oh, for a better word, bag, you know, I don't want to, I'm not begging, but on the same token, I used to try to always t- catch up with them and make sure that they're know that I care and want them to come and all that stuff. You and,
0: can call it recruiting. It's not bad. Yes, <laughs> yes, I
2: mean, seriously. And, but then now some of those kids are saying, I'm not having – I don't even want to say it like this, but I'm not putting as much work. – they're just saying, yeah, I, I want to come. They see the atmosphere. We get the kids. The biggest thing is we get them on campus, and I bring the girls along, which you guys probably do as well, but they see how genuine our girls are. And the girls – I mean, I barely even say a word. The girls steal the show, so they make it a lot easier for me. So,
0: A good program. that The current players can recruit it for you, and I, they, they are the selling point, I think.
2: Yes
1: hundred percent, you know, and unless I mean, you're,
0: unless you're Nick and you've only been there for a week, then you have to have your players sell the program because you're still learning about it.
1: Yeah. still, so I am still learning. Like I, well, the best part is I got here and then eight days later they shut down visits to campus. So um, we, I, I, at least have a little bit extra time to learn <laughs> for, for everything, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Anytime you take over a program, yeah, no, they, you definitely need your players to tell you where everything is on campus. And, uh,
2: and we still, we still get, kids that are like oh well when i say hey they say well you're a two-year school they say oh i want to go to a four-year school what i want to do is a four-year degree and i'm like well yeah you come here for two years and then you go there you know so and you can play right away you know and that's a huge selling point for kids as well i mean that they can play immediately
0: true story this is a true recruiting story nick you'll enjoy this so i'm watching this player play and i'm like wow she's really good (laughs) <laughs> I think I need to, I need to, you know, mark her name down, highlight it. And this is a player that we need to start talking to. So I asked her, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, have you thought about school and then things like that? And she's like, Oh yeah. And, and as she's saying that she puts on a Delta college hoodie and she's gosh, yeah, I got, you know, I've kind of, I've been talking with coach Damon and, and I've been looking at Delta college. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, you know, uh, coach Damon's a good friend of mine. I was like, I will fight him, uh, for you. Uh, I, I have no problem with that. I go, you can tell him. I said that I go. In fact, I will text him as soon as I'm done talking to you. That I will fight him, uh, it, you know, in order to uh, uh, to try to w- try to win you over. And she laughed, and we kind of we chatted for a little bit, just talked about her game. And um, so I sent Damon the text message. You know, five minutes after I got done talking to her, I don't hear anything back from Damon. and I'm like, oh crap. I, and I'm like, okay, do I send the, the text of, hey, I'm joking. Like, I'm not really going to fight you or anything like that. <laughs> I still don't get anything back. And now I'm starting to get a bit worried. It's bit, about an hour after I send the message. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I've done something wrong. And Damon comes back. and He was like, who was it? And I told him the name. And he goes, oh, yeah, she's a solid player. Well, she's committed to us already. And I was like, dang it, there isn't going to be a fight. Uh, so I, uh, I'm, I'm attempting to work on a Delta college Brescia University partnership where uh, these kids can go to Dame and then they can they can make their way down south.
2: Yeah, you. Uh, I was teaching at the time. That, that oh, was- okay, okay. Yeah, important things. <laughs> important things. <laughs> yes.
0: Here I am blowing you up on a Saturday morning. <laughs> how dare I send you a text message during class? I should have known better.
1: That's okay. No, but that's how it should be, right? Like I, I joke with you all the time. Like me and uh, one, one, a bunch of my good friends are fighting for players right now, and it's just. You feel like I honestly like I, I like going against my friends because I obviously want to win every single one of those kids. But you also like if you end up losing them, you're like, oh man, that's going to a really good coach, and you can't even feel that bad about it because you know they're going to get the they're they're your friend for a reason. Right. I mean,
2: I literally I talk to a lot of the coaches that I coach against and stuff, and and if I if a kid says that they're um, thinking about another school or they're they're serious about another school, I'll just say. I wish you the best of luck. I'm I'm like, cause I, you know, I just think that's the way you go about things, you know? Um, but it's, it's cool though, because it is kind of a little battle. You're kind of, uh, it's the only time I get to have any kind of, uh, competitiveness is the, to know that I'm trying to fight for a player. So, you know,
1: no, and here it makes, and here like, I wouldn't what,
0: mess it all that up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you found have been like, things that have worked for you recruiting that you feel might make you a little bit different or what, what draws kids to your program? Cause you talked about the success. You talked about your players recruit like people after you. What what do you feel are some of the things that you did to get, maybe get those players? Did you coach those players in a way that you made them feel that they wanted to bring in the next group of people? Like what, how are some of the ways that you've improved recruiting throughout your career? Um, You know, I,
2: I would like to think I'm one of the hardest working recruiters there is, um, even though I, my wife doesn't like that. Um, So, (laughs) um, but I'm like, I'm always at everything. And it's kind of helpful that we're an hour away from Detroit and eight really solid clubs that I can go visit. Um, There's a lot of kids that I can try to um, at least talk to. Uh, We have a really solid club that's up here. Um, and that is my number one, you know, we have a couple really solid clubs up here that I really try to um, at least get a base of our players out of that play at a higher level. Um, one of the other, besides the one club that's here, there's another club that's in the national league. So there's a lot of really top level players there that we try to at least get four or five out of every year. So I, I make sure I show up at a lot of their games. I make sure that I'm texting them, talking to them as much as possible. Um, and, and, you know, you guys know, like when you're around, kids and and they realize how genuine you are they um they kind of enjoy that they they feel comfortable and that's where they want to be is and and if they come to a game and they see how you're you don't change because you're in a game you're not screaming at players all the time um I think I think kids like that um you know I
1: I think that was (laughs) that's about it I mean no If you had to describe your team in a few words, what do you think those words would be?
2: Ooh. Um, positive. Um, and we, we work hard and um, we enjoy our time together. Um, we can be dancing and singing. Well, even before the national championship game, their girls are dancing and singing and they walk on the field and it's game on. And I know that we're super positive on the sidelines because the way I look at it, we, we can a lot. I know Becky does this with her bench cam to make sure the kids are, um, you know, having good attitudes when they come off and, you know, they're cheering their teammates on and stuff. So we kind of implemented something to the same effect. And ever since we did that, the kids cheer each other on and, Instead of sitting there when I know a lot of times I've been around a lot of benches where the kids, if they're not cheering on, they're just saying what's going wrong and the negative things that are happening on the field. And if we can reverse that and start cheering on the good things happening on the field, then it's kind of a, a rolling effect and the players play harder.
0: You're somebody who I, I kind of feel like a lot of us have gotten to know you, uh, through soccer chat, through the Twitter and, uh, through the, the, the coaches calls that we've been doing as well. Um, you know, kind of what's been, what was like your first soccer chat experience and like, how did you, how did you find it? How'd you stumble upon it?
2: Um, I think it was on Twitter. There was a, you know, I, well, first I was listening to the podcast And then I roll, you know, I went on Twitter and I saw that you guys were there and you were doing a, I think it was one of your first college coaches calls. And I just thought, especially with the pandemic starting and all that stuff, I was like, I'm like a a glutton for knowledge in hearing what any other coach is doing. And if I can take a piece of it, it doesn't mean I'm going to do exactly what they do. But if I can take a piece of it and add it to my program and make us better, I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh man, what an awesome opportunity to, to meet a whole bunch of other coaches and to, to find other people that are like-minded because my wife could care less what I talk about with soccer. And if I can talk soccer with other people, that's awesome. You know?
0: Yeah. I've, I feel the same way. That's really, I, I kind of go back to the whole uh, coaches calls that I did when the pandemic started was I was at home by myself for <laughs> five, six weeks. Uh, Cause my family was actually, they were closer to you than they were to me at that moment in time um, uh, being up in Michigan and I just didn't have anybody t- talk with And I was like, I'm sure there's others who, you know, who are stuck in houses with people who don't want to hear about soccer and they, you know, need somebody to bounce ideas off of. Uh, and it was just so cool that, uh, you know, the, the, the friendships and the bonds have been made from that. And, um, you know, I'm excited because I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be up in your area in December um, for the holidays and uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect with you. And, um, I don't know if you're a big fan of it, but I am a massive big ease fan. Um, in Midland, that is like my spot, uh, that I always go to when I'm in there. Uh, so maybe we can hit up Big Ease and, and, and get this, this, uh, get this thing in person. But, you know, I, I, I find it really awesome. Just the, even the, the new amount of coaches that we have met, Nick and myself, whether it's via convention uh, whether it's, it's the, the Twitter chat or, uh, I know for myself, my networking has grown just from during the pandemic, uh, with the coaches calls. Uh, I would say of all the coaches calls that I did, I bet the people who signed up, I think two were only two out of gosh, I think I did 30 or 40 different coaches. Um, I have, I think I only know, knew like two of them and it was so cool, like getting to know new coaches. Um, and like you said, like, I felt like I was like soaking up more cause I suck as a coach. Uh, I felt like I was like taking everything that, that you all were saying. And once I established which Delta college you were, um, I was like, yo, like I really need to like take home, uh, you know, some of the stuff that Damon has been doing, but you know, for, for someone who's you know, who, who's now kind of interested in your program, you know, maybe it's another coach um, or maybe they're, you know, it's a club coach who's thinking about that junior college route for um, one of their players. I know I can, I can sit here and say um, this past week, I was talking with a friend of mine uh who's got a really really awesome team uh and whose players have been going the juco route and they've not been getting good results and they were kind of concerned about it. they want to start sending their kids to four-year schools I was like you're not asking the right two-year schools I gave them your name first then I gave them Roberts and I gave him Adrian's I was like now don't get Adrian confused for Damon don't get Damon (laughs) confused for Adrian um but you know I was like you know those are three uh um I, 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 those are, are three coaches, and I'm there are a lot more, uh, but just for the ones I know personally, you know, there are three uh, what I think is the some of the best junior college coaches in the country, and I even, I don't even take that, I don't even use that label, just three of the best coaches in the country. So, for someone who, you know, a club coach who's listening oh, okay. to this right now, you know, this how tell them your program, you know, what is if, 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 what is it that makes your program somewhere that, you know, like you said, kids are starting to take chances on you. Now the Detroit kids are starting to take chances on you. You know, you and I have talked about expanding and getting outside of Michigan, maybe going South a little bit uh, to where then I will start fighting you. If you come in my territory, making towns, um, which I will gladly be like, yeah, go ahead, go with Damon. Um, You know, what is it about your program that makes it so special? It's a place now that kids in your own state are wanting to go to. What makes that value so much better and more for those kids who may be out of state?
2: Um, well, number one, the cost. I mean, the cost is, is a, is a huge benefit. Um, you know, I, I truly believe anybody that comes into our program is going to, you know, not saying that they're going to be a good person coming in, but I, I truly believe they leave a better person, um, not just soccer wise, but as, as a human being. Um, and that is our goal. And, um, I truly think that when people do come here, they, they see the atmosphere, they see the love. Um, I know a lot of schools say that they're family and, you know, they turn around and it's like, eh, eh, eh. they're like stabbing them in the back. And, and but that's, that's not our culture. Um, and, it, it, you know, if you truly want to be part of something that uh, people do care about you and we want to, you know, when you go to the national tournament and you, you play in the national championship girls are going to remember that they'll remember a couple games. But the things they're going to remember—all the fun times we had together when we go to preseason up at the Sleeping Bear Dunes, or we, you know, that all the funny karaoke or dancing that you guys probably have with your own teams and stuff like that—those are the things they remember.
0: I was going to say, and how did you approach that? Because you guys have been training up until recently, right? Yeah. So with with COVID-related this this fall and whatnot, I know for us those team bonding things basically we're non-existent. You know, we could do Zooms, but you can only accomplish so much through a Zoom. Um, you know, what is it that you all were able to, you found that you, you were able to do this year uh, within COVID restrictions to keep that, that, that closeness of the team?
2: Um, you know, we were able to, a lot of it had to be individual. We got a few weeks in there where they could actually play together. Um, the girls went on their own. Uh, we called, called it forced family fun. Um, they, they literally, but it wasn't forced. They liked going and stuff. They went to the pumpkin farm. They, you know, they just went and did a bunch of things so they could get to know each other better. Um, and you know, we, there's things that I like to do that I just don't feel comfortable doing on zoom because I, I think it's something that's more effective when you're with the team. So I'm holding out until we can actually get together and we can do those things. I don't know if you guys are doing the same thing or not, but, um, you know, we, we did get a chance to do a lot of um, like just talking about team dynamics and in our, in our pillars of our program and um, our standards, not our, you know, goals or anything like our standards. This is how we're going to be. And, um, and the kids really bought in. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get the nitty gritty of things in, in the winter when we can hopefully be in a, a room together you know? so Yeah.
0: And I know like you and I've kind of been talking during this whole COVID process of, you know, just how your state has been and what you all have been able to do, not been able to do, how you've been able to, to try to make it work with what you're given, Um, you know, kind of, you know, what do you see coming back from winter break? I mean, do you see you all playing? Do you see you all training? You know, kind of what's your gut reaction. And I know that everybody's everybody's gut reaction could be very possible. I, I think anybody, whether you think you're going to play, you don't think you're going to play or whatever it may be, all those are very possible, you know, kind of in your mind, what do you think is going to happen? Obviously we know you want to play, uh, but what do you feel like may be the route that uh, your team has to go the second semester?
2: Um, You know, we were up until last week until the, the governor like told us that we had uh, no more sports for the most part. Uh, the school shut down athletics until, January um our AD's pretty um you know she she's looking optimistic you know that there, there's still a chance and that's all we can hope um I, I I think as long as the cases start going down you know like we got a full season of high school soccer in so I mean I would think you know with the, if they have to wear the masks then that's the way it's got to be
0: I was going to say, because I, I, I was watching a team from Michigan play in a showcase this past weekend, and the kids from Michigan have to wear a mask while they're playing, even if they're out of state.
2: Yeah. And the kids are – I mean, my kids at first were like, oh, my gosh, this is hard. But after they've been playing them for a while, they're like
0: they – You get used to think,
2: it. Yeah, they don't even think twice about it. I'm like, think about when you pull those things down, how much air you're going to get into your lungs when you actually get to play without them. Right. So, Reminds me of those high elevation things that the boxers always did so that they <laughs> – Didn't you know? Never mind.
1: No, I mean to be honest, like we had at Mammoth when we did our season before I I came to St. Mary's, we like we were just practicing. We had to wear masks all the time, and like like you said, in the beginning, it was very very difficult for them. But the more we did it, it was more of an inconvenience for me because I would like have to pull it to like talk to them Mm -hmm. so they could hear me. But like they were perfectly fine; like they would wear them for the hour and a half, whatever we ran, and they were perfectly fine.
2: You know, I. You know, I we have we've had to do a lot of individual, like only being in small group subgroups. So we've run stations; they couldn't be in the same areas um, when we weren't able to be together. And our kids have been just like troopers, like no complaining, just working their tails off. And it, like like anything you would ask of them, they did. And and I don't, you know, I know partially is because they get to play soccer, you know. And um, but you know, it's just kudos to them. I mean, you know, I'm sure most of the kids are the same way around the country is like, as long as they're having the chance to play, um, you know, they're going to do whatever it takes because they know it's not a given, you know, especially for those high school seniors, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, and like the, the kind of go on the Juco thing, like how, what's been some of your favorite moments? Again, you get two years with them, like, so you have limited time compared to like maybe what me and Sean would do. What have been some of your favorite experiences that you get to experience beyond the two years that you get with them? Um,
2: I mean, every year we usually take a trip to, to go to team bonding and we'll practice and play games. Um, you know, it's different. We went to Traverse City one year. We went to um, Sleeping Bear Dunes a couple years ago. But we always – when we go someplace like – A few years ago when we went to the region, New Jersey, the national tournaments in New Jersey this year, we made sure we made a trip to New York City for the girls. We're always trying to to do something that we'll always remember. Um, And what the big fun is, is when all those kids from previous years come back, you know, and even though it's just a two year stint, um, it's amazing how many of those kids are still best of friends even after they left, uh, the bond that they made, how many were in each other's weddings, even, you know, you hear that for four-year schools, but you don't think of it for a two-year school. And, but seriously, they've gone off to four-year schools and they're still really close or best friends with the people they met at JUCO.
1: No, that's, yeah. I feel like, again, it's, it's one of those things where I just don't feel enough people take a look at that route. That it, I, I, like you said, I think it, sometimes it's stigmatized and I think fortunately for you, like, do you feel it's something that, especially with COVID has become something that more people might be taking a look at?
2: Um, I, I do believe so. Cause there are quite a few kids that I've talked to recently. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of, um, National League level players in, um, and part of it is because they're not looking bigger route because they just don't know. And they don't know if that school is going to be online and why pay all that money if they're going to be online. Yeah. Um, I I do know we have two uh, higher level players that I thought might just stay one year. And they're talking about staying the second year. I mean, they, I think they got into the culture and they're like, Hey, this is kind of neat, you know? So, you know, and they're, they're like, I'll move on after. And with all this COVID stuff, I, you know um, what's the hurry. So
1: for me, I'm like, woo, yeah. So,
2: <laughs> and so,
1: if if you had one thing that you could tell to yourself as a coach when you first got going, that you know now, what would it be?
2: I would hit my old
1: self and say, "What are you thinking?" <laughs> I mean, I'm sure oh, a we're lot all of- idiots <laughs> when we started. Like none of us were good at coaching. We thought we were good, but none of us were good at coaching when we started.
2: Oh, I. I was terrible. Like I look back and go, what were you thinking? I've always been really good with the kids and always really close with the kids and a good person, person, you know, person to person, um, um, building that bond and relationships. But man, what I was thinking was a good coach back then compared to now, I'm just like, what, I mean, experience helps everything. And I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I,
1: I would probably slap myself in the head. What what do you think is like the worst, what's the worst coaching mistake that you ever made then? Like, what was the one that you look back and you're like, Oh my God, like how did I actually do this? You know, it, well, I would coach from the sidelines all the time. I was constantly
2: yelling or I thought that yelling was the way to get them motivated, um, you know, cause I was young and I was still in my playing shape. I was like, Hey, this is, you know, this is the way it should be. And Um, now that I've gotten older, well, first of all, I'm just old and, (laughs) but, um, you know, I've calmed down quite a bit and it, I found other ways to motivate the kids that, you know, and I don't yell on the sidelines. I found other ways to, um, you know, that I've learned that you do the coaching in practice and that's their time to show off the skills they learned in practice or that they're learning. Um, we are blessed at the junior college to have unlimited substitution. And, um, we're a little different than most schools. We're a lot different than most schools because <laughs> we have, we, they, they, it, on the videos, they always say that we're a hockey line. And cause we'll switch out seven offensive players every 10 minutes. Um, cause we're very deep skill wise. Um, and what happens is we, we bring one group out, we talk to them, we go on the board, they get a drink and we were talking, um, what's going on out on the field. And then the next group comes out and we're doing the same thing and it allows them to go 110 miles an hour. And, um, and it wears teams down because other teams aren't as deep as us. And, um, you can see it on the faces as some of the teams are like, Oh my gosh, not again. And, um, you know, even though they do joke about it and people don't get it at first, the girls all buy into it. And, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty fun because then I, especially I can still coach them and pull them off. And that's what I like about the JUCOs. I can still pull them off, coach them and then send them right back in. Um, you know,
1: I don't know if that answered. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a, no, that's very, that's perfect. Um, do you like, what do, what do you think has been the, like for you, if you had one favorite memory as a coach? Like all time, like and it can be like an emotional memory. You can't pick like oh like when I saw this person graduate. It has to be like an in game memory of like you like just coaching. What would it be? Um. Well, it's kind of funny. The well, gosh,
2: the first year we were in the national tournament, our eyes were open wide because, um, you know, we we kind of made it through our draw pretty easy, and then we got the national tournament. And the, all the teams are good, of course, you know. Um, and, uh, we got to the third place game and we went to penalty kicks and what was really cool mm-hmm. was, uh, we made friends with another program, Herkimer out of New York and, uh, we're still friends, coaches. I talked to the coach all the time and, um, his team, when we were doing our PKs was banging on the fence in saying delta delta and we were like they were cheering us on and that is like unheard of you know and uh then we win we the girl scores wins the pk we take third place and we're happy as crap because we've never been there before so you know yeah you might think it's being in the national championship game but that was that was the beginning of it all so it was kind of cool
0: man what like a, an incredible just journey that you've been on you know and still <laughs> are on to this day with you know uh PE teacher by day, <laughs> national championship, uh, you know, game appearance parents coach, uh, by the evenings, you know, it just kind of, it speaks to the volumes of, of not just your character, but you know, how you are as a coach, how you are as a teacher as well. You know, if somebody is listening to this and they're wanting to, uh, you know, reach out and contact you, uh, you know, how can they do so? What are, what are the ways that they can, they can get hold
2: of you? Um, I mean, email wise through Delta, um, I don't know if you want me to tell the actual <laughs> email or if you can
0: remember it, I'll be impressed. Yeah,
2: it's just, it's just Brad, Amy at Delta.edu. Even though my name's Damon. <laughs>
0: we cl- yes. We clarified that earlier before we started recording.
2: <laughs> um, you can call me. Uh, you know, I, I would more than be more than willing to call or zoom. Um, I do have a Twitter account. I don't even know what my, handle is on Twitter, twitter but you have
1: uh, no avi and no like cover photo i just followed you like <laughs> right before this interview your, your twitter game is subpar at best right now no, I wow um,
0: bringing the heat
1: <laughs> and i look at sean's and i go oh man i am
2: not doing well with this no don't um, look at mine don't i'm look trying at mine. i'm really trying um, <laughs> but no
0: yours is at b six i did it <laughs> for right, you
2: thanks I'm on Instagram and stuff. I don't post anything, but I'm, (laughs) um, the girls do for our, I mean, we post on our, our team website or our team Twitter account and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I'm not a, I don't know. I'm not one to put stuff out there, I guess. And maybe I should a little bit more. I don't know. I'm kind of quiet a lot of times.
0: Well, that's, we are the biggest tight men you'll ever have. (laughs) Um, so, you know, Nick has always said on the show, what you won't say about yourself, we will say for you. Uh and, and we are more than proud to do that here at Soccer Chat. And uh Damon Amy, the head coach at Delta College, the Michigan one. Uh <laughs> I think this is another school where I'm like, you have to start saying the Delta College so it doesn't get uh compared to the other Delta Colleges. Um, but Damon thanks so much for coming on with us man and, and I hope, uh, hope the best of luck to you guys in the spring and uh, I look forward to catching up with you here in a few weeks
2: yeah thank you so much guys it's truly a privilege I, I was astonished when you asked and I'm still kind of shocked that you'd want to hear anything from this guy So, but I Dude, appreciate we're it we're
0: still shocked people even want to hear from us <laughs> so that's why we have guests on the show that people, so that way people don't have to hear from us all the time
2: there you go Well, thank you so much
0: There.
1: Just another guy that's just a good brother. We we talk about all the time. We, we haven't brought that back in a while, but just a good brother because you truly feel that he just is one of the most well-intentioned human beings that we've ever met. Just a really nice guy that has nothing but the best wishes for his team. And, again, this is a person that we we probably need to keep around a little bit more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And also, as we're going through this, Nick, the Bulls are just making their selection in the number 44 spot. Would you like to know who it is?
1: I don't even know. I honestly probably won't even know who it is because they – Marco
0: Simonovic from Montenegro. Marco Simonovic.
1: Well, we – I mean, honestly, we we definitely the Bulls do get do fairly decent with the foreign people, so we get like a random Croatian or a man, random Lithuanian every once in a while that like really helps us out.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, kind of go back to what you're talking about. You know, Damon's such a such a good guy, uh, and you know, not to get confused with the the other Delta colleges um, around, but you know, just a guy who's doing things the right way uh, somebody who's, who's awesome to be around. And, uh, I hate that, you know, with convention this year being virtual, not going to be able to like actually get to be in person with all these people and, and, you know, and, and, uh, have some, have some fellowship time with them. So we have to find other ways, uh, to do so, which, you know, as we announced last week that we will be back at convention this year, the digital convention for United soccer coaches. If you haven't registered, go register now, uh, unitedsoccercoaches.com. Um, make sure to get registered for that and let us know that you're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're still figuring out uh, the, the kinks and how it's going to work, uh, but just know that once we do figure that out, that uh, as we have the last two years, we're going to try to bring you the most entertainment and uh, excitement uh, for the week uh, for you uh, when it comes to the digital conventions, as Nick and I will be, uh, I'm going to say, um, I will sit two feet away from my computer. Uh, at all times waiting to to chat and talk with all of you all. Um, I was going to try to make a surprise and figure out a way that that weekend I could get Nick and I together and we could actually sh- be in the same like location uh, to make that work. Uh, but this freaking Corona, I don't know if that's, uh, that's going to happen. I am, as we were closing here, I know that you, you wanted to bring this up. So I'm going to go ahead. The phone phobia
1: yeah no, I'm curious about it.
0: so when I was a kid, and I still have this to a um, to a, a little bit um, is still part of my thing um, i because I couldn't see what you were doing on the other end, like you could tell me, Nick, if we were if you and I were in high school or in elementary school or junior high and you called me on my big huge, you remember the old NBA phones that they had on the draft tables, the basketballs and you like pulled the, uh, are you too, are you too young for that?
1: I don't. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: So, so the NBA draft, this is like the NBA draft night for our show. They used to have uh, telephones on the draft tables where the teams called their picks in. And it was an act. It was an NBA basketball and it had the logo on the side. And they, used, they started selling them in stores. And so I had an NBA phone like my entire life until I got to high school. Um, and you could call me at any point and we could be talking and I could be like, hey man, like what are you up to? And you could honestly say, oh, I'm watching the Bulls game. I could hear the Bulls game in the background, but I would not believe that that's what you were doing because I couldn't actually see it. Uh, and for whatever reason, the thought of "Yes, I enjoy a good conversation, and sometimes my conversations can be long, but if I cannot see you or see what you 're doing, i can 't believe that what you 're telling me you 're doing is actually true um, so when texting became a thing, it kind of put that at at an ease for me because i didn 't have to worry about talking to you and hearing what 's going on in the background um, You could just type it to me and I'd get it. Um, And the invention of FaceTime, video calls, Zoom is probably the best thing that's ever happened (laughs) to me. Um, That's right. I love a good FaceTime. I'll answer FaceTimes all day long.
1: Oh, to be honest, like if I, if I try to offer Zoom to every recruit that we're talking to, like it'd be like, Hey, do you care if I like give you a call or like we set up a Zoom? And I try to do zoom every single time if possible.
0: Yeah. I just, I, and I know that you were, uh, you were curious about that, but I just, if I can't actually see what you're doing, I just, I really get scared about talking on the phone. Like I'll still conversate and it's going to be awkward. Um, but I will. Yeah. That's me. A little, little known quirk about me that now has been released to the masses. So now if if y'all start calling me now and telling me like, Oh, Hey, like I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm like, I'm not going to believe you. I don't care. That's fair. That's just how I am. Just how I am. Um, man, like, so Thanksgiving's coming up next week. Yes. You know what that means? I do not. What show do we always do the week of Thanksgiving?
1: Why am I drawing a blank on this?
0: It's the Friendsgiving episode.
1: Friendsgiving, Yes.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving will be next week. Um, we probably should start inviting people. That probably would help.
1: Yeah. We need to, we need to get out on, on that. Well, I have a few, know. I have a few ideas. We could bring, like, I, I think we could, we could get a good Friendsgiving episode.
0: Well, I, th- I think we'll be solid. I, yeah. I will, as soon as we get done with this, I will, f- I will send out the formal invite. To everyone, but uh, you know, next weekend's Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, Thanksgiving, I think for a lot of people, is going to look different this year um, just because of the travel. Um, And obviously, I know uh, I don't know about uh, your location, but I know here they are really trying to crack down on you know how many people are in your house uh, and and trying to make things as small as possible. So, um, you know, my family is actually traveling uh, up north for the holidays. I'm going to stick back and and work camps, uh, so I will partake in the uh, probably in the, in the last ten years the uh, Solderling family tradition of Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving, uh, and then I'll make my way uh, to my dad's uh, for my my grandma that always does a big uh, uh, my my grandma and my dad's side of the family always does a big cookout, but um, you know I'll I'll be partaking in that. I'm not gonna you, you can't go wrong with Cracker Barrel any, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, so, you know, be excited for that. What's your, you know, what's your plans? You heading back home or are you going to stay in Minnesota?
1: So we'll meet up with Kelly's family, but yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, I Thanksgiving's is not a huge thing with my family. So we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to Kelly's and that's pretty much it.
0: I feel like there's going to be a lot of zoom Thanksgivings this year.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a safer route to go right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I and, and you know, I've heard people, well, it's it's family and blah blah. Mike, yeah, but at the same time, like, if you got family, cause we used to do when when I was a kid, um, our Thanksgiving was always huge. Like all the aunts and uncles, cousins all came in. Um, it was just a massive, massive thing. Um, you know, and everybody was coming in from all various places. And so now I can only imagine like people who are still going to try to do that. Like I was told today, and if anybody from the Pittsburgh area or Pennsylvania, want to clarify this for me, please absolutely do. But it sounded like I was told today is now, if you're going to uh, leave Pennsylvania, uh, you have to provide testing before you leave. You have to get a test while you're gone and then a test when you come back. Um, and it's like, ah, like that's, it's not worth it. Like just stay at home. And I, that my biggest fear is, and my wife and I are talking about this the other day, and this is, def, this is definitely nothing political. I'm afraid of if with these lockdowns that are starting to happen again, or shutdowns, whatever you want to call them, um, how many people, my fear is how many people are going to say, well, it didn't work the first time. Why do we need it a second time? And yeah. it's like, it's not freaking hard. Like we made such a drastic cut. I still think the only reason we even played this fall was because of the six weeks that we all stayed at home in the springtime. Um, I
1: I saw a thing again, like in not trying to get political, but I have a fiance that works in the hospitals. And so I get to hear often about how bad these things are. The people that are complaining about, about, about going into lockdown the second time or probably the reason we're going into a lockdown the second
0: time. 100% facts, bro. 100%. If you're listening to this episode right now and you want your team to play, you want your kids to play, do us a favor, wear your mask when you're outside of your house, wash your hands, sanitize, stay the freak at home if you're told to. Um, You know, if your state government or the, the federal government comes out and says, hey, stay at home for four or six weeks. I do get the fact that there are, um, my wife and I were talking about this the other night, there are people who have to go to work. I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But if you have the option to work from home or you know, to stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. Like, just do it. You know, I'm, I, I've made it very well known, like, you know, I plan on really only going into going into the office uh, maybe like one day a week because uh, our kids are going home this week. Um, I don't plan on being there much because I, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my bubble as small as possible over these holidays in this winter season. So, um, you know, if you're a friend of our show, you want to help out, do your part, just wear your mask, sanitize, stay at home whenever possible. So you know, Nick and I, Nick and I are going to make that pledge to you all, um, as well. And here we are, you know, we're, um, ever learning about what's going on with us, uh, when it comes to traveling for recruiting and stuff like that. But the cool thing is a lot of these places are now offering, uh, videos for the coaches who cannot travel. Um, and that's going to be huge, um, for us going forward. So, Man, it's, uh, it's been pretty cool, uh, kind of getting back into the grind of the podcasting world. Um, I almost forgot what it was like for a while there. Um, and I was like, man, do I even rec- remember the lines and stuff? And then our Twitter chat's still been going strong. Uh, awesome job every single Wednesday from all you guys. Uh, you know, you can join the conversation with Nick and myself every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, where you can just follow the hashtag Soccer Chat, answer questions. Uh, you can submit questions if you want and also um you know get to know new coaches meet some uh, some new people and learn some new things to add to your repertoire of coaching uh, if you're somebody like nick and myself you will take anything that you can get uh to try to make uh make this thing work um but nick if somebody's wanting to have a conversation with you uh on the twitter how can they get a hold of you
1: at coach and rizzo what about you brother And
0: mine is at coach Soderling. I do want to send a, uh, send a shout out and a prayer. Uh, I've heard a rumor that the fighting Scots may select a coach this weekend. And I am whoever they pick. I am praying for them because you never want to be the guy that replaces the guy. And man, do they got some shoes to fill?
1: You are are too kind. (laughs) And
0: I have told uh, anyone that I've known who is interviewed for that position. I've told them all the same thing. I wish you good luck and I have one request if you get the job. And thankfully they all have agreed to it when I have asked that all they do is wear a red hoodie.
1: It's, I mean, it's, it's guaranteed success.
0: And, uh, I I just said, you know, keep the red hoodie tradition alive for me and I will be happy. And so far all of them have said, if I get it, I will keep the red hoodie tradition alive. And that, that, that makes me happy. So, uh, and who, you know, whoever it is, we will do our best to get them on the show. And I'm just going to razz them the entire time about being the guy that replaced
1: the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Now we just, I mean, like, honestly, like, I I hope they do better than me. Like that's, that's the goal.
0: (laughs) Oh man. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be great times uh, here in the next couple weeks. We hope that uh, you spend your, your holidays um, at home with with your families. And if you got to do it virtually, do it virtually. Uh, we can't wait. Till we'll have Friendsgiving for you all uh, next week. We've also got some really cool shows coming up. Uh, first week of December, uh, we're going to have our show uh, to kind of get started with our United Soccer Coaches Convention theme. As you know, it's digital this year. And uh, we're going to, uh, to have our good friend, Jeff from United Soccer Coaches on because it's going to look a lot different this year convention is because it is digitally and Jeff's going to come on and, and have some things to, to let you guys know about what it's going to look like how you can get involved and some surprises supposedly uh, we've been told there's uh, some, uh, some announcements they want to make uh, on the show so make sure to stay tuned over the next couple weeks it's going to be awesome it's every single week wherever you get your podcast from all thanks to our friends over at do brand make sure to use the promo code soccer chat at the checkout our friends over at TORX, T-O-R-R-X.com. And all of you who listen to this episode, because this is a listener-supported podcast, supported by all of you who are listening to this very episode, best way you can help us out is share out the links every single week. Then also, we're still trying to get Nick's wedding presents. Get on Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and review and make sure to add in there that that was Nick's wedding gift for him. Because remember, he's got 7,000 people coming to the wedding. And we got to make sure to get those uh, those Apple Podcast ratings up for him. Uh, as always, he's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about Soccer Chat is we get to do it all over again next week. Nick, we'll catch you later.
1: See you later, brother.